I'm healthy. I don't eat at McDonald's. I use the drive-thru. Yes, because the tables are dirty. I don't want the person at the counter touching my food. I want the guy in the little booth making it. I know my McDonald's. I know where I go. I've seen the staff. I'll stick to the drive-thru. I'm intelligent. I wash my face with smart water. I bathe in smart water. I was baptized as I spit again at my bar mitzvah with smart water. This is my life. I've got color headshots, 11 by 17. I stand out in a pile. I just got a call back, thank you very much, to be an extra in a stadium scene. Yes, getting chicks, hooking up, believing in it, doing that, driving to Palm Springs tomorrow to see my mother. If you're down in Palm Springs tomorrow, let's hang out while she takes a nap. (laughs) She'll take a two-hour nap. I comb her hair while she sleeps. I make money. It's a good feeling to be able to take my mother out to lunch and pay half. I can do that. Welcome to another episode of the Sample Hour. This is Drew Sample. This is Wes Sample at Clever Wes. And I'm Jason at No Susquehanna. And we have a very special guest today, Mr. Stephen Brody Stevens. Yes, proud to be here. Enjoy it. You got it. Say hello to Ohio, Brody. Hello, Ohio. So Brody's our guest on the show, and Jason's going to read you guys some of the show results so you guys can get tickets. Okay, so this Saturday at the Woodlands Tavern in Columbus, Ohio, Brody Stevens and Esther are coming into town for their show. The tickets are available through staticdogentertainment.com. You can find that link from at staticdog on Twitter. And the show is at the Woodlands Tavern. That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, Bertie. So, uh, you know, we, we were just curious, uh, you know, what actually, because we're, we're actually huge baseball fans and we're huge fans of yours. We've watched all of your uh, HBO special, even had my mom watch it with me one time after lunch, and she really enjoyed it as well. And uh, so, yeah, so we were just curious, like, what, what made you want to transition from, uh, baseball to comedy well uh first of all thank you for that plug i will be in columbus ohio this saturday night with (laughs) little esther you got it at the woodland taverns please check us out thank you very much positive energy why did i transfer from baseball to comedy i mean baseball's a funny you know, there's a lot of comedy in baseball. You've heard the story, like there's so much downtime, guys are always joking around. So I was around humor, but it was kind of like jock humor, and uh, I mean, it was funny, and I was quirky, but I wasn't like the team comedian or anything like that. Maybe a little bit in high school, but in college, I mean, there was funnier guys than me, definitely, but, you know... I put the time in to write jokes later on, you know, being a comedian does take a lot of work, but I made that transition from 
in, in college, I had a couple extra credits available to me my last couple years, and I took an acting class, and it was very supportive. It was like, wow, these aren't jocks all around me being jerks and being jockey. It's a supportive environment, plus there's hot chicks. And I felt like baseball, for me, I had a good arm and stuff, but I had to really, really work hard just to be on the team. Whereas comedy... I'm kind of naturally funny without trying. And then if you work in, obviously you got to, like I mentioned earlier, you got to write jokes and put the time in. But if you're naturally funny, you definitely have a leg up to uh, in the beginning at least. Now, now Brody, uh, you've also done, uh, just to segue off of how you said you had your act in some movies, uh, some TV shows. Is that something that you really would want more of in the future and do you really see be second towards a regular tv show later or uh perhaps even uh starring in more movies you're cutting out there a bit but i think what you're saying like what, what where i see myself going is that kind of what you're saying yeah okay yeah because it was hard to hear you um i just want to kind of keep what I, i'm doing if somebody told me brody you're going to continue doing what you're doing now, doing warm-up, doing stand-up around L.A., doing the occasional TV spot, you know, meeting interesting people. I mean, I mean, there's interesting people all across America, but if I was to say, like, just continue doing what I'm doing, like, and make a couple extra bucks, I'd be happy with that, doing a podcast, uh, doing live comedy shows around town, helping out with shows during the day. Um, if I was just to do that and able to make money, I'd be satisfied with that. Now me doing my own show, a season two, if there is to be one of the Brody Stevens, enjoy it. Yeah. I wouldn't mind doing that too. That's, uh, you know, there's a little more pressure involved in that. And it's probably, uh, a little more, in, it's intense and, but the, uh, the payoff is probably greater, not just financially, but also career wise, getting, getting your face out there for promotion. So yeah, I say I'd like to continue doing what I'm doing, being on Chelsea lately uh, once a month or, you know, being in the movies once in a while. You can't count on that and you can't count on every TV spot. But like I said, if I was making a certain amount of money where I could live and be myself and continue this lifestyle, I'd be happy with that. So for me, it's icing on the cake, any type, I, any kind of movie I got, or it's icing on the cake if I got a sitcom, icing on the cake if I got a commercial, icing on the cake if I got a season, season two. You know, I, that's the way I look at it. But obviously, yeah, you want to do more. Of course you want to be an actor. Of course you want to make millions of dollars. You know, those are... Those are things that you're not going to say no to. But for me, like I like to, I put the work in, you know, and and sometimes, you know, there's a difference of hard work and smart work. I feel as I get older and more mature and learn more about this business, you can be smarter with your work, you know, and I'm not saying there's any shortcuts or anything like that, but, you know, I have time on my hands being that I'm not married or I don't have any kids. So I have no excuse other than to, like, put as many hours as I can into uh, my career. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, I just personally, like, I always like I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing you Saturday. Like just from like seeing uh, like watching enjoy it and hear like Zach describe your comedy and why he loves your comedy and just like listen to you on um, 
the Brody and Esther show or even catching a couple episodes of your podcast. Like I just, I just love your brain of comedy. Um, it's just like, like, just like what Zach was saying, like, it's, it's like the, the confrontational style and it's, it's just really enjoyable. And, uh, I'm excited for more people in Ohio to see you and like, like let it register with them. Like, man, where do I know this guy from and stuff like that? Yeah. I think, uh, also for you. Yeah. I mean, it definitely helped. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, no, go on. No, your voice sounds good. Go. Oh, I was just going to say, I also think uh, it's it's pretty pretty awesome how uh, your style of comedy and how uh, friendly you are and everything like that, how fearless you are up there. Is that something that you were able to kind of benefit from, from, from your previous work and from previous uh, like baseball experience going out there and performing in front of people? Is that something that you've kind of gained from all of it? There's an ambulance coming or a fire truck. Hold on, guys. Sure. Fire truck. <laughs> LA Fire Department. Hook and ladder division. <laughs> we got one more. Well, we got let's another send, one. We'll send some positive energy that no one's hurt. Studio City 278. And now here's a Brinks truck. <laughs> a baby stroller. <laughs> Not on the corner here. I'm sunbathing. <laughs> okay uh right how did i um so the fearlessness where did that come from did it come from baseball i mean i think for me i mean baseball like like i said i had to work really hard just to be on the team so i felt extra pressure with that um so, I mean, I dealt with pressure and I dealt with like, I was able to deal with um, taking direction. Um, okay. So, as you were saying, you were saying about baseball and how you, you had to work really hard at baseball. And you were saying how that helped you probably transition into comedy. I mean, it did a little bit, but I would say, you know, I'm a better pop public speaker than a public exercise guy you mean like <laughs> like i said baseball i don't you know uh, i'd uh, i'd perform in front of hundreds of people thousands of people or whatever but i didn't get those consistent opportunities i think doing comedy for me it started up in seattle uh public speaking you know learning um how to speak in public so i sold t-shirts to the seattle supersonics i was a waiter i had to learn like to have you know interpersonal conversations with people and then also learn to speak in public selling t-shirts and then when I moved to New York I wanted to continue public speaking and I was a tour guide at Radio City Music Hall and that helped me just doing comedy shows in New York and feeling as though that uh, um, I can make people laugh in Seattle I can make people laugh in New York it kind of prepared me for moving to Los Angeles and I barked at the comedy cellar, so I was outside there bringing crowds in. And, you know, for me, it was, yeah, public speaking and being fearless and then getting on the mic and doing all these audience warm-up gigs where you're just, you're just thrown out there, boom, start talking. And, you know, I found my groove and uh, I found my voice. And a lot of it's putting hours in and being lucky to continue picking up gigs and being able to be myself. And... You know, that's what I take. I, I listen to compliments from comedians or audience members, and they it's, they say they like certain things, and it's good feedback for me. But 
baseball did prepare me, the structure and all that, but I would say the public speaking really helped my comedic career, learning to deal with crowds and being fearless in that sense. Now, you're a very unique comedian in your style of comedy and everything, and just your personality. Would you, at different points in your uh, comedy career and growing up, would you say that there are different comedians who influenced you more than others? You were cutting out on that, <laughs> Wes. Um, what he asked was, uh, like, you, you have a really different style of comedy. And we were just curious, like, do you think that were there were there any comedians like growing up that you were fans of that you think might have influenced you? I couldn't hear that. I could not. That's a Skype confusion. <laughs> I can't hear you guys. <laughs> who, who would you say influenced you in terms of comedy style? Okay, good. That was quick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, wrestling, Beavis and Butthead, um, Bill Hen on the radio, uh, you know, certain friends that I grew up with, you wouldn't know their names, but just comedians that up in Seattle, for example, their styles kind of, uh, you know, that's ingrained in you. The first, you know, the first comedian. You are starting your career. Like I said, I was a baseball player. I was all into baseball. I wasn't into comedy. I was so focused on taking baseball as far as I can go. But, you know, I liked Andrew Dice Clay. I liked Rodney Dangerfield, um, Gary Shandling. I like wrestling. I like Beavis and Butthead. I like Phil Henry, as I mentioned, all those things. So, certain comedians, yeah, definitely, you know. But, I'm not like a huge fan of stand-up. I'm not a historian of it. I, I mean, I read up on it, or I used to more so in the past. But, you know, there's funny people out there now, like Nick Kroll, obviously Zach. you got Louis C.K. You've got Aziz. You've got John Mulaney. There's a lot of young guys out there you can watch and have them influence you today. But growing up, it was more, you know, TV shows and... You know, like MTV stuff. Totally Pauly was funny to me. And uh, any kind of like weirdness. Benny Hill growing up, I like. Oh, man. When you were talking about wrestling, oh, that's, that's now we're in a new topic. Perfect. <laughs> uh, who was your favorite wrestler? Like, did you want to macho man elbow drop somebody or <laughs> snook a fly somebody off the cage? Yeah, it was more like. I like Rowdy Roddy Piper, of course, oh, yeah. Hulk Hogan, Big John Studd. I like watching all those guys. It was just entertaining every Saturday morning or on Saturday nights to watch the wrestling. It was just, it was good theater, you know, to see these guys on the mics and the Ric Flairs on TBS and the Rowdy Roddy Pipers. It was just great theater and it was funny. Yeah, absolutely. If you had to pick, who would you say the best wrestler of all time is? I wouldn't know. I mean, I'm not that into it to where I would know the best wrestler of all time. You know, maybe he's like Ric Flair. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't know. I don't want to say the wrong thing. <laughs> well, there's no wrong thing. It's just a matter of opinion. Hey, Brody, what do you think about the Iron Sheik? <laughs> he was one of my he's favorite wrestlers, of and I love his Twitter presence. I got to meet him at... Uh, one of Rogan's shows. He's a nice guy and he's hilarious on Twitter. Yeah, he's funny. 
He's my friend on Twitter, you know. We tweet back and forth. That's awesome. So I, I get a kick out of that, that, that Iron Sheik. Uh, I'm funny. And he likes me, you know, even though I'm Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you, uh, so like, maybe a, a baseball question here. Who do you think right now, um, I heard you talk to Mitch a little bit about it. Um, who Who's your favorite pitcher in baseball right now? I'm, I like watching guys who throw hard. I'm into that stuff. Like the guy from the Reds, the Chapman guy, Kershaw. I like watching um, Verlander, that kid Kimball from the Braves. I like guys who throw hard, you know. It's like I like seeing strikeouts. So I'm kind of into that. I, mean, I appreciate guys, you know, left-handers who toss it up there and hit spots or even right-handers who don't throw. 95. I appreciate those guys, but it's always fun to watch these new young arms, you know, jack it up there at 100 miles an hour. And you know, I'm into I, I'm into power pitchers, and you know, I don't study mechanics as much as I used to. But growing up, I would definitely watch a lot of baseball and try to emulate these guys. You know, their pitching mechanics and you know their demeanor and all that stuff. So. That, that's what I was into up until about 23 years old. How supportive would you say your family was when you decided that you were going to pursue comedy? They're indifferent. I mean, I don't think my mom thought I was funny. I don't think my sister thought I was funny. I don't think my dad thought I was. I don't think my family thought it was really that funny. So, I'm not saying I didn't have the support of them, but you know, going to school for four years, playing baseball, and then all of a sudden say you, you want to do comedy or you want to do acting, that's not something that your parents want to hear because you just, you just spent five years going to college and playing baseball and trying to push that, and then all of a sudden you're going into something, a completely different field, but... I knew that there was Arizona State alumni connections. I knew from taking a couple acting classes. I could just tell, like, that I was doing the right thing. And then I took a workshop out here in a class just to, like, see if I liked comedy. And I liked it. I thought, you I know, mean, I, the first time I did it, it's like I fell, not fell in love with it, but it was something that I really enjoyed doing. And that was, you know, close to 20 years ago. And I, that's when I first got on stage, and it was like, I mean, first I got on comedy stage and a, in a supportive environment, and not all environments are supportive, but when you first start out, it's nice to have that. And then I, I did that, and I got laughs, and I kind of believed in myself, and I took that energy as far as I can go. But yeah, I didn't have the, as long as I worked, you know, I was I was not a deadbeat. It wasn't like, Mom, I'm doing comedy and living out of my car. I was like, I always had a job on the side. And I tried to have a job on the side that catered to my strengths. Like I said, public speaking or even waiting tables. You know, you're still talking to people. You still have to have communication skills. So I wanted to do something that was flexible and public speaking involved. Nothing like retail or you know, uh, rental car prices or stuck in a cubicle for hours. <laughs> so eventually when I started getting some TV spots and started doing audience warm up, my, they, my parents 
difference kind of my, my father passed away in 97 but later on my stepfather and my mom they became a little more supportive of me once they started seeing me on tv here and there they got a kick out of it and you know i've been just trying to survive and find myself and i did audience warm-up for such a long time which was good but the last two or three years i'm trying to be more uh more of a brand of my own. I mean, I'll still do audience warm-up, but it's not something I seek out. I don't want that to be my main source of who I am. I do it for friends. I'll do it if I have time, but ideally, I want to do something that is a... Um, I mean, more people see me. When you do audience warm-up, no, nobody sees you. It's good practice. It keeps you loose and greased up. And you make a couple dollars and you meet celebrities, but it's not a glamorous job. I mean, I like doing it at the burn with Jeff Ross. I do audience warm up there. He really makes you feel like you're a part of the show. So that's always fun. But, you know, once I started working more, I got that support. So it's kind of how it is. But you got to pursue dreams. You got to pursue what you're good at. Like I said, getting at work was a good test for me. And I feel like. That's when I was hooked. Well, we certainly appreciate all the, the fearlessness and positive energy that you sound, send out because you're certainly an inspiration for, for tons and tons of people out there trying to pursue their dreams. Um, and, you know, it, it, nobody ever has it easy, and, and you're, you've been very honest with people about that, that you've had to put in a lot of time and work really hard to get where you want to be. So we really thank you for being as open to to the public and just with your fans as you have been. You know, I try to be. You know, I've always been myself. I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm not an open book necessarily when I'm. You know, I'm not telling everybody every aspect of my life. Sure. But I felt as though when I had my little episode because I went off my meds cold turkey, I made a mistake, and I went on Twitter and it was so like for me. I, I, I went I went public. It wasn't something that I could hide. I was, uh, you know, not that the whole world saw, but a lot of my comedy, um, you know, my comedy comrades, comrades saw what I was doing, and some blogs got a hold of it, and you know, um, so once all that stuff was happening and me being like a delusional state, I felt like. I already put it out there. It's like uh, accidentally almost, you know, I never ever thought I would have some kind of manic episode where I wound up in the hospital. I was never, ever, um, that never crossed my mind. And I, I just didn't realize if you ask me, I didn't realize the power of these medications and I wasn't under doctor supervision for it. I wasn't under any type of therapy and I was feeling pretty good. I didn't have like intense stress about things. But I stopped taking the med cold turkey because I was feeling good. And it just kind of backfired on me. And I went public with everything. So I felt like, you know, I already went public. We're going to find out that I had to talk about it on my ego. Have it be the whole crux of, of who I am, but have it be a chapter, have it be a little bit of an art. And uh, people you know, bought into that and they like not bought into it. Meaning, I mean, it was real, but people really, uh, you know, connected with it. And I had no idea how 
that show would turn out or what the response was be would be. But it's been overwhelmingly positive. I know a lot of people haven't seen it. My HBO Go 15-minute series, but... You know, what I have heard back has all been positive, but it makes me excited about trying to do a season two somewhere, whether it be HBO or the Internet or wherever it turns up. I feel like I got to continue that path. And, you know, the positive energy stuff did start from college. There is. But you were saying uh, positive energy. You were looking forward to a season two. You're really in the middle of something good. Like you were saying some really good stuff. Um, and it just cut and out. it just cut out. <laughs> we were like, oh, Birdie's really getting into the detail of stuff. But. Um, yeah, back to the show that you had, like, I know personally it was, I mean, it, it just, it's, it's powerful to see somebody put like a really sensitive part of themselves out there. And it's, it's really cool to hear that everybody's been really positive, um, and been supportive. Yeah. Everybody's been positive and supportive and, um, you know, I've been, uh, doing, I've been doing well. It's helped me, um, you know, not everything's been like bright after when, if you have a manic episode for whatever reason, <clears throat> I, I'm not denying that I didn't have one. I'm just saying the, the why I had one, <clears throat> I feel as though that it was brought on chemically and something that I did. But, um, when you have that 99% of the time you go into a depression and I kind of struggled with that after everything, after the show came out. And I mean, during filming a little bit, I was going through some, um, you know, some hard times and some of it probably had to do with the medication I was on. And I've accepted the medication that I take, at least for the time being, I feel like it does keep me structured and it keeps me positive and it keeps me relaxed and Keep, you know, I have a support system and all that. So all the pieces are in place. But, yeah, I struggle with stuff every day, and I think it's a combination of things. But doing these podcasts, exercising, um, doing comedy, I think doing some kind of season two is going to keep me busy with structure. And, you know, and my goal this year is just not to be too hard on myself, just to, like to trust my, trust my uh, strengths. You know, I've done... I've done all the hard work in terms of creating a foundation, creating a, a character, creating a brand. So, it, it, you know, not that it's, I mean, it's a brand. I, I need, hopefully, for those who like me now, like that kind of number, like just to get more exposure. And we'll see. You know, I'm not saying I'm going to, you know, have a million followers on Twitter, but I think if more people see me, um, get to know me better. You know, if more people saw that HBO documentary, I think it would help my career, meaning like in terms of numbers and opportunities for things. So, but that's not what it's all about. You know, you just keep, you know, be the best you can be. I know these things are, they sound simple and, you know, it's a stressful world out there. And then when you're doing show business and you have bills to pay and it's, it's not easy. So it's a different day and age, but. Like I said, I think with education and Skyping and podcasting and stand-up comedy and the support of the Death Squad community, things like that, it's really been you know helpful, I think, for a lot of comedians. Well, we certainly appreciate all that you've done uh, for, for us and, and just keeping that positive attitude. It's not easy to do that. Uh, I know I myself have, have struggled with depression in the past and I've been medicated and it's not easy to speak out about it and, and to really 
talk about really getting that fine tuning of your medication down where it's it's working just the way that you want it to. Um, so so I'm glad that everything's going really well for you and that you're really staying positive. Uh, it looks like 2013 is going to be a badass new year for you. And we, we plan on uh, showing a lot of love in Columbus when you come. Yeah, and hopefully we can get you to come out to Ohio more. Like that would be awesome to be able to see you, you know, a couple, be able to have a chance to see you a couple times a year. Um, we're, we're, there's a lot of, a lot of Stephen Brody Stevens fans out here in Ohio. Yeah, I know. I get it on Twitter. I, I, Death Squad <laughs> is a is a stronghold. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So I'm excited about Saturday in Columbus, January 19th. Stephen Brody Stevens and Little Esther. You got it. Take it over the Buckeye region. <laughs> It'll be at the Woodlands Tavern. You can still get your Static Dog Entertainment. They're they're not expensive. Anyone who's who's saying, "Gosh, you know, I don't have it." Trust me, it's cheaper than going out to see the movie. You're going to have a much better time, and you'll really be supporting some really really good people. Great comics, great up like great comics. I mean, hands down. Um, uh, yeah. Do you want to? Yeah, we're gonna try and we're gonna do our best job. I'm going to be there for the people. We'll do a Q&A. We'll do handshakes. We'll do all that stuff. <laughs> Looking forward to shaking your hand personally. That's I'll un- do it. Sorry. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, do, I mean, I'm more of a fist pounder guy, but I'll shake. <laughs> I don't know where people's hands have been. <laughs> Not a germaphobic, but shaking hands, you know, I, I, I've kind of cut that out and I hadn't been sick for such a long time and then I started shaking hands again I started getting sick it's like I just, with, the, with the flu going around it's like I'm going to be in a plastic bubble I, I do know where his hands have been as his brother and trust me you do not want to shake his hands <laughs> and you don't know where my hands have been <laughs> that's awesome yeah Okay, so everyone make sure to follow at Brody Is Me Friend and at Little Esther on Twitter. Also check out at Static Dog and at Woodlands Tavern and our hosts at Sample, at Clever West. I'm at No Susquehanna. And thank you very much, Brody, for joining us today, talking about comedy and baseball and the upcoming show this weekend. Yeah, and just a couple things. Yeah, they can reach me at Brody is me friend or follow me there on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram at Brode36, B-R-O-D-E 36 on Instagram. I have merchandise, T-shirts. I don't think I'm going to bring merchandise. We're going to have to do it online. But you can find that at BrodyMerch.com. And then if you have an Android phone, I have a Brody app, a Brody soundboard for Android phone users. It's $1.99. We're working on the iPhone version, which should be out in a few weeks. But if you have an Android phone, you're a fan of Brody, me, you like my sayings, positive energy, push, believe, hashtag, yes, Death Squad Ohio. If you like that stuff, you'll have a good time with the soundboard. I've been playing with it, and I wouldn't promote it if I didn't believe in it, and it's a product I believe in. And my merchandise has been, uh, it's been helping me out. I appreciate that. I like and I look forward to seeing everybody on Saturday. And this is a, an, another fantastic Ohio podcast. Yes, push, believe, you got it, Brody. <laughs> <laughs> hey, where can we get 
Android app, Brody? Is that at yours, it's, your merch store? I think it's in the market. What's that? I didn't hear that. The Android app, so they can just go to the Android market, or I guess it's the uh, the Google Play. And Google download. Play, I believe. Yeah, Google Play. It's one night. It's easy to do. Everyone supports Brody. Um, well, yeah. Well, it's thanks. A, it's a fun oh. app. You can use it and uh, have a great time with it. Get your friends to laugh, and you'll you'll you know you'll uh, really in, embed Brody in your brain, which may not be a good thing, but give it a shot. <laughs> I think it's a great thing, personally. Well, Brody. Thank you very much for taking time out of your very busy day to uh, talk with us. Thank you for dealing with our technical difficulties with Skype uh, along the way. Uh, you've been I'm very... writing a letter to Skype. I'm very upset. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to handwrite a letter to them saying how disappointed I am with Skype. <laughs> well, we're looking forward to seeing you Saturday and meeting you in person. And, and thank you so much again for being on the podcast. You got it. Saturday night, Columbus, Ohio, Broad and Esther push yes enjoy it buckeye state the horseshoe you gotta make sure when you get on stage you you say an oh and urban then... meyer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have this up later today all right guys uh, tweet it out i'll retweet it thank you very much this is a fun pleasant experience